0: What is up, everyone? This is Ronnie, your host of the Ronnie Asani Show. My number one goal in this show is to bring you some of the most amazing and accomplished individuals in the business world to share with you some real, raw, and authentic business insights. Look, super, super important, and I cannot wait to talk with all my guests incredibly sit down and talk in a casual setting, nothing too serious, yet we unpack some of the most incredible ideas, concepts, and best practices. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh, and don't forget to share the love. Like, share, and subscribe. Gracias, amigos. Hey, folks. Today's guest is Peter Strogob, an international B2B sales specialist. Peter works with B2B CEOs, business owners, sales and marketing leaders on how to sell more and faster in today's competitive environment. He also wrote a couple of books on sales and marketing. We sit down today to talk about his sales funnel methodology and how to use sales funnels to bring in more business and increase your sales. Peter. Yes. Great to have you. Thank thank you you so much for coming in. Uh, Thanks for having me. That's awesome. I reached out to you, I think it was last week. Oh, end end of the the week before. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and um, had a had a look at your LinkedIn profile. Blown away. It's like this man needs to be in the podcast. So.
1: <laughs> well, I'm here now, Ronnie. <laughs> Thank you for making it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, so you've obviously been in sales for a very very long time. Um, you have these two amazing sales books. Um, and you've been working with a lot of, um, businesses and companies and people training them, um, helping them, um, uplift their sales capabilities. So obviously this is what we're going to talk about today and more specifically about sales funnels. Um, but I think before we go into the specifics, maybe we can just quickly go over, um, you know, a bit about your background, what you've been up to maybe I don't know how far back you want to go 5 years <laughs> 10 years up to you <laughs> and then uh yeah we'll go from there
1: well I can go back a long way so let's not do that
0: all right up uh, to you uh,
1: look I'll start with uh, just by saying that I had you know probably 20 years in the um in the corporate sector and I started uh, and and sold a couple of my own businesses so I I know the SME space and I know the corporate multinational organization space as well yeah uh, I always worked in either on the sales side or on the marketing side and sometimes uh, overlapping in the mm. same organization as well. And you now after 20 years of doing that, I spotted plenty of, uh, ways to do it right mm. and, uh, ways of getting selling wrong Yep. You know? and, yep. and I decided that I wanted to do something about it. And, and so I started my own business in 2013 mm. and it's now called Peter stroke up advisory. Yep. Because, um, I'd like to advise people on how to accelerate their selling and and, and my slogan is sales faster
0: yep cool all right so um yeah going back so you, you spotted a lot of ways um you guess i guess you can call it best practices um ways of you know selling better and i guess sale sales in in general is 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 one of those fields where it varies from uh, a business to a business in some ways but the foundations and you know the core principles of it can be applied anywhere
1: yeah and and let's let's um just preface it by saying that i specialize in b2b cool right? so if you talk to me about retail no <laughs> i can't really help there. you but cool. uh, b2b and in particular anything to do with b2b services yep. um, or technology so I'm, I'm I'm a specialist in that and i, and I call myself a uh, a sales acceleration specialist advisor Mm -hmm. so i specialize in in how to accelerate your selling Mm -hmm. um, and advise you on that so i I work with uh, business owners uh, with ceos and with sales leaders
0: okay cool amazing all right well let's go straight into it what is the sales funnel and some a lot of people watching uh might probably already know what it is but some might not know so let's kind of like dive into a little bit what is it and why we need it okay
1: so the traditional sales funnel one that was invented in
0: 1898 (laughs) okay i didn't know it went yeah Yeah.
1: most people think oh, 70s 80s last last uh millennium last century um but actually if you look it up 1898 was the day when it was invented and it was a brilliant concept at the time Mm. right now 120 years later Mm. uh, maybe you know things have changed a little bit so we'll talk about that but but let me explain the traditional sales yep. funnel right sure so we have a funnel and just imagine it's it's got some leaks in it so we pour water in it and, and, mm. and water comes out again so if we don't pour water in it but we put sales leads in, leads into mm. it then you put uh, you put the sales leads in the top they the sales leads get get nurtured um sometimes by marketing sometimes by sales themselves mm. um advanced handed over to sales then um, progressed and then eventually a sale will drop out yep that's traditional sales funnel nothing really wrong with that Mm. except that it's very generic Mm. it's very broad Mm. and and my biggest gripe is it's focused on how we want to sell Mm. and it's measuring our progress in terms of the sale that we're making and nowhere in sight is anything to do with the customer yep and I, i really have this belief that people don't want to be sold to anymore. Mm. I I really think they didn't ever want to be sold to, but uh, Mm. we kind of got away with it in 2018 and 2019 and before Mm. the pandemic. Nowadays, people are even more sensitized to being ambushed
0: by some cold call, by unsolicited emails. Let me just say this, I hate cold calls. (laughs) There's no one, you know, like if I get a cold call and they're a bit too pushy, I might have to meditate for the rest of the day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but but let me let me drill down on that, right? You, you can tell where they're coming from that call. Yep, that they, they have totally got their own sales target in mind, mm. and they don't really care to a degree what damage they're causing on the other side, as mm. long as they get their sales. Yep. That, that that's really what comes across, isn't it?
2: Mm.
1: Now, how does that make you as a potential buyer
0: feel? Oh well, you know, I immediately feel like. Uh, they're just doing something to get money out of me.
1: They're selfish. They're looking at yeah. themselves. There's nothing in it for you. I mean, most of the time, they don't even know whether you're in the market for the thing that they're selling. Exactly. Right. It's, yeah. it's just a, mm-hmm. a spray and pray numbers yeah. game. Right. Yeah. So, so we've established that nobody likes that approach anymore. Yep. Yeah, right. Of course. And, and so I've been thinking about what would be the right way mm. to do it. Right. What would bring you success? And, and, and before I reveal that yeah, <laughs> that yeah. solution. Let me just say that because this this traditional way does not work anymore, mm. people have been sort of changing the way. What they've been doing is they that just say, oh, well, we'll just do more,
2: mm. right?
1: So, so now they're amplifying the, the negative effect that you're getting from it by, by bombarding even more people with stuff mm. that they don't know whether anybody needs it. Mm. And the effect that that has on the buyer is that they just retreat to the point where they may end up saying to you, no matter what you're selling, I'm not interested. Right? Mm. So, so it's actually ruining the sales game for everybody mm. because the buyer's going. No matter what you're selling, mm. I'm not interested. Yep, that's really bad for the buyers and for the for the vendors. And it's just for the a industry. bad experience for everyone. Everyone, mm. right? So, so doing more of something that doesn't work yeah. is just
0: crazy. Well, yeah, I, I think some people look at the numbers. Um, uh, you know, I worked in sales operations for a couple of years and um, was working alongside salespeople, sales director, and part of my role was to look at, um, analytics of performance of sales and all that stuff. And, um, I'm quite familiar with that. And I think, um, one of the things that people might do is that they look at some numbers and say, okay, well, it's kind of working, right? (laughs) Oh, we're getting conversion rate of, you know, 2%. So every hundred people we call, we get two. So let's just make them two hundred. Well, okay. What if you can make the same hundred calls but get ten?
1: That yeah, that's that's one side of the argument. Yeah. <clears throat> the other one is, what happens to the other ninety-eight that didn't uh, take uh, take you up on your offer? Yep. Right. The exactly. effect that that has on them, mm. because they go, "I'm not taking any more of those calls
0: ever." Mm. Yep. Right?
1: Or I'm deleting those emails or I'm sending them, I'm sending them straight to spam
0: or complaining, making a complaint.
1: Yeah. Making a complaint. Yeah. So, so it, it becomes even harder to reach the people that you want to reach out mm. to. Yeah. All right. So, so I think we've established that that is not the best way to sell. hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. So, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about how can we turn it around and actually make it, make a, a, a buying experience pleasant for a, for a buyer. Yeah. And, and you've already heard the word buying mentioned so that mm. we've, we've actually got to turn our mindset around from how can we sell to buy to how can we help a buyer to buy,
2: mm.
1: right? Now, that's a much softer approach and it will probably mean that you have to be more targeted in your in your approach and you, yep. instead of spamming a, a thousand people, you might just reach out to a smaller number, but go deeper Yeah, with them. Yeah, It also means that you probably have to do your homework first. Mm. Or reaching out to them so that um you have some inkling of whether they're a likely target for you or not. Mm. Right? So I've um I've seen in, in uh CRM systems <clears throat> and in marketing automation systems, I've 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 seen that uh people now call cold email lists, they call them leads. Yeah. Right? To, to me, a lead is is not a lead until you've actually spoken to somebody and ascertained you know that there's some interest there
0: exactly right? there has to be some interest otherwise it's just yeah. a suspect not mm-hmm. even a
1: prospect Suspect, right <laughs> yeah. yeah Because you go from suspect to prospect to customer yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. um but but if you have a, a list of suspects and uh, and you just bombard them it's we, we've already covered them, yeah, so you, yeah. Don't, you don't get anywhere so you really want to turn them into prospects and nurture them and get get them interested right? absolutely so that means that you now have to turn the sales funnel around mm to actually making it a buying funnel yep right. i like it and and so instead of the the classical stages of you know put the leads in nurture the leads, hand them over advance the lead and then the sale drops out i've identified 10 steps in the new mm. modern sales funnel that's more customer focused and ready for the 2020s Yep,
0: yeah. and before we go into that i think what you just said is and and, and have Change and done is genius because you made it about the customer
1: ah that's the key
0: not about me yeah right you, tr- you it's a it's a mindset transformational sort of approach where the salesperson the organization whoever's trying to sell anything i'm not looking at it anymore as i'm selling something i'm helping a per- I'm helping like you said a buyer buying yeah. and um you know we all know Marketing that is and sales and marketing that is focused on the customer is a much more effective yeah. uh, sales and marketing capability. So, I think that's that's really interesting and um and good. So, are we are we ready to go through the the final steps, <laughs> okay. or do you no, want to no, no, add in a little bit I will more.
1: go go through it in a minute. But just let me let me say this: when you ask any sales leader mm. or, or a CEO in any organization, <clears throat> when you ask them. How customer focused are you? What answer will you get? Very, very okay. <laughs> um, if that were really true, you would never pressure a customer to buy. Of course. And and the customer would never sense your sense of urgency at the end of the month, end of the quarter, mm-hmm. end of the year. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you really truly want to be customer focused and customer centric, then you've got to also turn your mindset around from, oh my God, we've got all these products. How can we sell them mm. to, wow, wonderful. We've got all these prospects. How can we help them to buy from us? Mm. We don't, we don't just want to help them to buy. <laughs> we want them to help, we want to help them to buy from us, yep. right? which is, which is yep. important. Yeah. So in order to do that, there, there are 10 clear things you need to get right. Mm. In order to guide it's kind of like a funnel as well but it's a different funnel because it's the buyer's funnel not the seller's funnel
0: and now is that funnel um called do you have a specific name for it that is proprietary or anything
1: so i i was thinking of giving it a name like this marketing funnel because i marketing yep. is the title of one of my books um which combines sales and marketing yep because I believe that both sales and marketing should be focused on the customer, and that gives them a common ground to work yep. on and a common goal mm. to work towards. I have called it simply the modern sales funnel mm. because I didn't want it to make it too complicated. Yep. I have been toying with the idea of calling it the buyer sales funnel. Yep. Buying funnel. Mm. Um. But. Problem with all that is that you've got to explain the name first <laughs> before, yeah. you, before yeah. you can talk about the uh, the subject matter. So I'm just calling it the Modern Sales Funnel for cool. now.
0: Cool. Or maybe infuse your name in it so that it becomes a... Uh, Peter Strakov's Modern, Fu- Modern yeah. Funnel. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's cool. Um, I guess let's go straight into it. Okay. So
1: number one is imagine you're an organization and a buyer is looking at you, but they've not dealt with you before. mm the first thing that they want to know is what's this organization like? Hmm. So I propose that the first thing you should get right is to have a tagline for your business yep. that very clearly gives the buyer an impression of what they can reasonably expect doing business with you.
0: Is that, is that what you can call the value proposition? No, 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 okay. no.
1: It's, it's just the tagline. Okay. Right? We'll talk about the value proposition in a minute, Okay, but the, the tagline, Should be also not a motherhood statement Mm -hmm. so it shouldn't be like we really care or you know we um we really you know we're the best Mm -hmm. or or something like that and and i'll give you an example of one that worked yep so i've been dealing with this um australian uh, provider of outsourced i.t services yep um, and they specialize in uh small and medium organizations sure so they they come in they they take over your your um i.t systems and uh, make sure that they're all always up to speed and up to date and they keep your it safe and, mm-hmm. and uh, pro- um, productive
0: yep right?
1: now we've been i've been working with the owner on in terms of what can we say about the organization that makes a customer realize what they can get from this organization and, yep. and basically what's uh, what's the culture of the, the yep. place right and we workshopped a few things around and what we came up with in the end is the uh, the tagline we've got your back nice right and it it means several things. It means that even when you don't know that we're looking after your system because every, everything works, we've got your back. Mm. Right, so we, we can help you to focus on your business, and we'll take care of it. Of it right, to you. right. And then if something goes, if and when something mm. goes wrong, then we're standing shoulder to shoulder with you to fix it up. You know? Right, and we're not going to point the finger mm. at, at something else and saying, "Oh, it's not our fault," and somebody else is.
0: Yeah,
2: somebody
1: else. Don't else's try fault. to blame on him. We'll have your back
2: Mm.
1: right and so you need a tagline like that that really expresses to the buyer what
0: what they think what they can experience reasonably expect to experience from you yes Mm. interesting so and that's a quite a short tagline as well
1: well the more more succinct the better Mm. it's not war and peace and and like i said we'll come to the value proposition separately yep but this is more about the anticipated experience
0: and was it easy for them or for you to measure the impact of because I guess they had a different tagline, or maybe they didn't have any They didn't have a tagline slogan or at all. Tagline at all. Oh,
1: no. and and you know with, with all respect to the owner that they' they're very geeky,
2: yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, very so they're, techie no. well, their
1: instinct was to go towards technology and mm. and, and make it very jargony. Mm.
2: Um
1: and I said, no, but the, but the business owners that you're dealing with, they're coming to you because they're not techie yep so
0: so, so speak them, their language not speak your their language.
1: language let them understand what they're getting from you
0: it's interesting how a lot of times you have to change your vocabulary and how you talk and how you you know what words you use to be able to relate to people and to to the buyer as well
1: well you should always relate to your buyer Yep. and and further down the funnel we'll talk about that as mm. well but the, uh, the idea is that <clears throat> if, if you speak a different language to your buyer, then the buyer is not mm. likely to engage with you. Yeah. So number two. Let's go on number two. All right. So number two is you must have a defined product or service that you're selling or, mm. or several services. Of yeah. price, right? And and the reason I made that a point is that I, I, I used to actually work with an organization that uh, was a, a billion dollar company in Australia. Mm in the i.t space and they kind of said we can do anything just ask us Mm. and and they didn't have a single product that just had capabilities yep but the mentality of the organization was our customers know what they want they will tell us what they want and we'll build for them and they get their business that way interesting which made them hugely reactive Mm. right there would uh, there was very little proactivity in terms of reaching out to somebody who would like like to buy this and that, so, yep. so nothing was really productized, and and it turned out to be a, a huge obstacle to the mm. to the organization. Now, dealing with my customers, most of them have that under control. Yeah, right. But I've just put that in there as a bit of a checkpoint to mm. make sure that, that 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 is in place, because if you don't have that, the rest of the funnel becomes a bit wonky uh, as well, shaky. Yeah. So, a defined product be be able to define what product or service you're
0: selling. Okay. Right? Um, and so, with the products or services, is there anything in the funnel, or do you maybe leave that to the business in terms of how broad or how niche it okay. should be
1: so I'll, I'll give you an example of, yeah. of a product so i I have a six week and a twelve week sales acceleration program sure right so you you know that over six weeks or twelve weeks you will learn how to accelerate your sales in, in your organization I'll or build your sales funnel I'll build a sales process that works both in terms of inbound yep. so let people discover that you exist and then come to you yeah draw them in yeah and also in terms of outbound where you reach out to new prospects yeah to draw them into a meaningful customer conversation yeah
0: yeah
1: yep. so that's a quite clearly defined product right? mm. so I've, I've productized the service. so it's yep. a six week or a 12 week sales acceleration program it's got a price attached to it and you know what you're getting mm. right? that's that's an example of, of a de- defined product
0: yep makes a lot of sense all right the third step number three right <laughs> <laughs> number three we'll is closer
2: yeah,
1: Should yeah. Be selling by now. <laughs> no, number three is probably the most important uh, point sure and, and that is your value proposition and your usp right. selling proposition right mm. so what what you want to do is two things mm. one is you want to stand out from the from your from the rest of the crowd yep right and and um who said it but somebody said you got to be the um the purple cow in a field of brown
0: cows. uh seth Gordon. seth godden that's what yeah yeah yep. i always want to say simon sinek but i knew it wasn't him mm. um <clears throat> i'm a fan actually you know where he is you know he's you coming know where, here. yeah 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 he's right there is he oh there <laughs> he's he's, no, he's coming a, to he, australia though is he yeah yeah, yeah. oh man maybe if, 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 if i've been doing this podcast for a little bit longer i would have tried to get him on still try reckon? So,
1: yep. Anyway, so purple cow fuel the brown cars. Yep. Right. So you've got to be able to um, succinctly inform your customer mm. and make your customer aware of how you're different. Yep. That you're different and how you're different. Mm. Right? So that's one. But even more importantly, you must have a, a single sentence,
2: mm.
1: a single line, that engages your customer and, and draws them into a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, and I call. The moment when they sorry let me start again if i reach out to you cold yep customer whether it's on the phone through an email through an article a podcast Mm. episode whatever you will probably be a bit skeptical in terms of whether Mm. it's a good use of your time to listen to what i'm saying yep right so you may give me i don't know maximum 30 seconds yep to well, you just before you decide whether i'm interesting or not yep right? so so the challenge for the seller is yep. there that within 30 seconds they need to come up with something that engages mm. the audience right mm. so we don't have time to talk about us and uh, and, and our organization how much mm. how, how large we are how great we are how many customers we have how many locations <laughs> yeah. we have around the world and how important we are and just going to buy from us because by then the buyer goes
0: <laughs> or you know they might just be like sorry i have to go Right. Yeah. So the
1: key is, and I call this "wee-wee syndrome, by the way,
0: we, wee syndrome. Where we
1: talk about, we have this and we do that. Oh, yes, right? yeah. And instead, what you must do is to say something to the customer that draws their attention mm. right? and you must create what I call the lean forward moment.
0: Cool. I call the it, moment that you bring them in into- lean
1: forward moment is when they sit upright and yep. they lean forward and they say, Ronnie, tell me more about that.
0: Yep. Right? Yep.
1: And and the moment they have said, "Tell me more," they have actually given you their explicit permission to sell to them, yep. whether they know it or not, whether they realize yep. it or not. But but that's the point when they say, "I'm it's interested." No, it's now okay for you to talk about yourself. Yeah, right? Not before. Mm. So the key is to say one thing that intrigues them to the point where they lean forward and say, "Tell me more." Mm. Right. And and in in my sales funnel, I'll I'll uh, I'll workshop that with you in terms of. What is that one line that you can use to get them interested? Because at the first point of contact, your job is not to sell. Mm. Your job is to intrigue and get them curious and and bring them into the conversation so that they do lean forward and ask you to tell tell them more.
0: Well, on that note, you actually got me thinking, tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) You did. I like it. I really do. Um, Obviously, being in marketing, I think also about sales and you know, I always, you know, knew that, um, you've got to have a hook. Or you, or you, I call it a hook yeah. where you get someone interested, but that's a very deep way of and, and structured way of looking at it. So you gotta have that one. Is it a line or is it like maybe just, you know, a couple of things that you have to line up and say within that first 30, within those 30 seconds to get them to lean forward
1: so i try to make it a one a one liner yep because that you can replicate that over a personal conversation mm. uh, uh over a uh a, a webinar mm. um a zoom call you can put it on your website you can put it into your emails and it it just, it just becomes universally mm. usable um the, the key though is that it must never sound artificial mm. or, um or strained right so so mm. so i always take into consideration the the culture of the organization and and the personality of the the person I'm speaking to, usually the business owner, um, so that it sounds like them Mm. and not not like like me or somebody else.
0: And how personalized should it be for the person who's listening to, to that, so for the buyer? So if I'm talking to by X, by Y, by Z, that one liner, how much of it should be personalized Every single time i talk to a different person okay so this brings us to point four (laughs) and my question is on point (laughs) today all right let's go and and that is because it must
1: obviously be targeted at your ideal customer Mm. so therefore it becomes important to know who is your ideal customer yeah so we're talking about um the the industry sector that they're in the size Mm. of the organization maybe the geography that they're in yep. but also then the the exact title of the person that you want to reach mm. out to Yep. like are they in finance are they in sales are they in marketing are mm. they in delivery and uh and anything else that you can uh, use to clarify to to distill down in terms of the persona that you want to reach out to got it right so once you know who your ideal client is mm-hmm. then you want to know where they are yeah which is point 0.5 mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: so you say okay we know we know who we're targeting. Where do we find them? Mm. So you you look at where do they typically hang out? Whose Mm. content do they consume? Whom do they Mm. listen to? Um, so, so that, you know, where you can Mm. find them. Then once you know who they are and where you can find them, to know how to reach out to them, Mm -hmm. but even more importantly, need to be able to engage them, Mm. right? And so we're coming back to point three, the Mm. value proposition and the Mm one-liner. If you have that point three down pat. You obviously use that to then engage them and get them to lean forward and say tell me more right
2: mm. Mm.
1: so points um four point five, five six five. yep are intricately connected mm. Mm. then let's say we've engaged the customer yep what's um what comes into play will we be the only one that's talking to them
0: oh there's probably 10 20 i don't know how depends on what businesses but yeah a lot of people reaching out as well
1: there'll be competitors of course right so point seven is how to eliminate or set aside your your competitors I've, destroy I've, the competition well look I've, I've 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 said you know being being in in, in b2b cutthroat world mm. i've i've said eliminate your competitors mm. but, but i've recently had some pushback on that term from the not-for-profit sector
0: oh yes exactly didn't think about
1: that (laughs) and and so that they're right right so Mm. they don't want to eliminate they just want to show that they are the distinguish that's right right so so maybe i'll use that term in the future distinguish yourself or maybe that (laughs) but you
0: i think maybe you should personalize it yeah yeah yeah. right so if you're in in an industry that's quite competitive aggressive um eliminate is Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. i i don't see a problem with that uh in my humble opinion but i think you're right. In in in, in a non-for-profit, Eliminator is probably soft and suitable. Anyway. So anyway, so so it's,
1: you need to understand how you can differentiate yourself against your competitors once you have engaged as well. Mm. I mean, mm. That's probably even more important because, let's face it, in most sales situations, there's, there's only going to be one winner and there's no price for coming second. Mm. So you need to be able to differentiate yourself in a very specific way yep. so i i teach my clients how they can do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: they can do that by raising a subject that your competitors will likely not raise and in fact they actively actively stay away from it.
0: controversial topics or just things that your competitors will will not necessarily go into because of like a weakness in their strategy or.
1: No, I'm, I'm talking about a, a specific thing and, and, ah. that, and that thing is risk. Interesting. Most, okay. most organizations, unless you're in a tender situation where they explicitly ask about risks, mm. right? but, but most um, vendor organizations will say something like, all our customers are really happy. There's no risk here. Everything's fine. Trust us.
2: Mm.
1: Right? We're really good. Look how big we are. Look how many people we've got. Look uh, right. you know, how long we've been around. Right? Yeah. Just trust us. So what what I teach my clients to do is actually to bring the subject of risks, risk up proactively mm. to the clients. Right? And, and and I I play this little scenario with them that that I don't mean verbatim, but you mm. get you get the idea. So if I say to you, Rani, you're looking at making a buying decision here, right? Yep. Okay. Now, you realize that in, in every purchasing decision that you make, there's an element of risk involved. Yep. So, honey, would you like to know what the risks that you're exposing yourself to are, regardless of whether you buy from us or anybody else in making this decision Just in general. Decision?
0: Yeah, of course. Of
1: course. Okay. Okay. So, the, your risks are one, two, three, four. Mm. Right? And, and the most basic risk, the one that applies to everybody, <laughs> anybody, and everybody, is. Will not get what you think you're buying. Mm. It will not work, or it it'll let you down, mm. or it'll be different to what you think. You know? mm. So, so the, the the most basic common denominator is you'll spend money and you you won't get the value from it. Mm. Right? But other than that, there's probably two or three or four risks you can think of that uh, that are, that just exist mm. because, well, the life is life is risky, right? Yep. Yeah. So you, you can then say, well, Mr. Customer, you're, uh, Rani, you're, your risk is one, two, three, four. Mm. Right? And you would probably say, so, yeah, actually, yep. that, that sounds right. So then then I would say, Ronnie, would you like to know how we at my company mitigate those risks for you? Of course. Well, we do that by one, one two, two, three, yep. four, right? So what have I just done?
0: I think you've just called out concerns and and you know things that every buyer would we would be worried about um but might not necessarily um ring about to the conversation and also like you said what your competitors might not go into and, and you've you've established um i think what what that's done is it made me feel that you're being realistic and you're not trying to sell anything to me and you're just having a genuine, authentic conversation.
1: Plus I'm on your side. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm thinking for you, thinking mm. with you, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm helping you to understand what, uh, what mm. this decision actually means for you. I also hopefully will have established a little bit of trust because I'll be the only one bringing that up. Mm. Everybody else just says, no, no, no risk here. Just trust us. Right. Mm. Whereas I'm saying, look, realistically, this, this, and this, and this, and hopefully you'll say, oh is the only one that's brought up,
2: mm.
1: nobody else has. What else does he know that the others aren't telling me? Mm. So, so I'm immediately creating a gap, a, a dif- differentiator, mm. um, but also a bit that you feel a bit more warmly towards me because I'm telling you stuff that the others haven't. And you feel a bit more suspicious about the other ones because you go, Oh, if they haven't told me that, what mm. else haven't they told me?
0: That is very, very intelligent. So you're you, you're differentiating and setting a gap between you and your competitors. You're setting yourself apart just by one simple question slash statement,
1: and and by being customer focused. Mm. You know? So the the other thing is that the um, but none of them start again. None of them will bring that up, mm. right? And it's it's actually to their detriment. Mm. You
2: know?
1: And and so this this is a, a super powerful way of of earning the trust and Mm. and, and,
0: and. just talking on that i feel like it's talking to them on on a very removing any sort of um barriers or any facade because like a lot of sales conversations like you said you're trying to portray that you're the best and that there is no risk at all with what you're providing and you know this will Make you fly, you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it just makes you just sign here you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so every single buyer by now knows that someone who's selling something will overs will over uh paint how great that product is, yeah. and you're just bringing that conversation to a realistic expectation, which turns it into trust
1: yeah look the <clears throat> the key here is that the viable sense that i'm trying to help them mm. right, and i'm on their side so, yep. so instead of us sitting across the table i'm actually sitting next to you and i'm saying no it's good. Mm.
2: right
1: so i repositioned myself to be on your side yep 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 it's, it's a very psychologically key
0: yep cool so that was um number seven i mean,
1: customer it is. Yep. Well, not the customer.
0: <laughs> the, <Eliminator>. the customer. <laughs> Mr. Anyway, customer, we uh, don't need anyway, you. Anyway, moving uh, on. So that was number seven.
1: Yep. Number, number eight is how to use your sales proposals to win the deal. Cool. And there are two aspects to that. Mm. So obviously what goes into the proposals, like the content, mm. is very important. Yep. Right? Uh, and I've got a way to uh, talk to my clients about what should go in and how, how, mm. how it should be um, presented and formatted. And,
0: sure. Sure,
1: but uh, the other part is is um, possibly uh, probably not quite more more important, but um, mm. but just as important, and that is how you present the proposal. Right. Okay. So, what would be the instinct of most salespeople? when and I say to you, Ronnie, can you send me a proposal? What would you think as a salesperson?
0: Amazing, like. We're in. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. we're in.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got a chance here, right?
0: But it's not really.
1: <laughs> well, hang on. So so it might be, mm. you're in, right? What would be the worst thing that you can do when somebody says, send me a proposal?
0: Is make the assumption that we're 100% in.
1: It's sending them the proposal. Cool. <laughs> so counterintuitively, if somebody says, send me a proposal, the worst thing you can do is actually send them a proposal.
0: But you can't not send it forever. Right, that's right.
1: So the right. Because what happens once you send the proposal in? What happens to the control that you've had over the...
0: You kind of lose it. Totally, right? Mm.
1: How many times have you sent a proposal in and then there was crickets? Mm. Right? Nothing. You know? mm. And you go, they read the proposal? Have they got it? Mm. Have they already decided and not told me? You know? mm. And then you go, I want to talk to them. Mm. Start going... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. chasing them you get desperate yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and and then they they go well this guy just desperate so we might not buy from them right mm. but but the feeling that you're getting of it's lost control is just terrible for mm. a salesperson especially when they're on a on a on a uh, on a sales target that they need to meet
2: right? mm.
1: and this might be an important sale to bring them across the line so back to the proposal if i say to you Barney, can you send me a proposal say this Mm. Say, yes, Peter, love to send your proposal. It's very important to us that our proposal hits the mark and meets your expectations. Can we catch up at two o'clock next Thursday to go through the draft and just to make sure that it uh, contains everything that you need?
2: Mm.
1: One of two things will happen. Either I'll say, that sounds good, Ronnie, let's do that. Two o'clock on Thursday, we'll get together and we'll walk through the proposal together so that we can make sure that it meets our requirements.
0: Hmm.
1: If I say that, what does it mean to you?
0: They're interesting. Yeah.
1: Been with a chance. Hmm. If I say to you, no, nah, no, nah, Ryan, you just don't worry about that. Just send it you. Just send it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what Sorry. does that mean? What does that mean? They're just trying to collect some information and they want to compare that to uh, or maybe they're just not interested or they're trying to use that as a way to put pressure on another vendor or another
1: or you might just be making up the numbers because they need to get three quotes mm. right? yeah so had you not asked that question can we meet at two o'clock on thursday
2: mm.
1: you would have never known whether you're in with a chance mm. or whether the, mm. you're just making up the numbers so you're giving yourself another chance to understand what the customer's at mm. right? now if the customer turns up at two o'clock on thursday and goes through the proposal with you actually helping you get the proposal right mm. and they might say to you "Ah, uh, no we didn't mean mean that that oh, sorry there's a misunderstanding there let's just fix that up or they might say no we don't need that but oh but this bit is still missing mm. they're helping you write your proposal right for free I've, I've got a client in america who won a big deal that way the, the client was hugely impressed that they took the time to take them through their draft proposal mm. and make sure that it met their requirements wow they saw it as an extra piece of service they didn't see it as an extra piece of work mm. it, it adds value to them right? but only if they're interested yep now if they still insist and say right just send it in mm. you know you have two choices
2: mm.
1: one is you can send it in mm. then just cross your fingers and wait for the call mm. or you can take the high road mm this this is a risky strategy and, and yeah you, there's risk on both sides and you need to you mm. need to weigh it off in terms of what uh yep. how much risk appetite you have right mm. but you could take the high road and you could say uh oh, mr customer if uh if that's the case we'd rather not bid because uh we feel comfortable if we, can, we make sure that the proposal actually hits your hits your requirements
2: mm.
1: uh, that's pretty pretty tough Bald as that, well right? i'm kind of thinking if they say to you just send it in you're not in of a chance anyway Mm. and by insisting on your principles and saying no 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 we make sure that it's for you and we don't want to lower our standards might actually give you the respect and enough respect for them to say okay let's catch up then right
0: potentially so it may give you Mm. a
1: third bite at the same cherry
0: yeah and i think there's a lot of context throughout the sales conversation of what happened you know, you know, in the previous, I don't know, two, three weeks or months, or whatever, that can give you a lot of clues about them. Um, You know, how, if you were talking to the same individual, you know how they talk, how they, you know, you you would have picked up certain cues about, you know, if they're interested in something they're saying, or if they're interested in, you know, that you get all these body language cues that can help you understand when, when they said, just send it, (laughs) what they actually mean. And that can help you also minimize that risk,
1: you can read between the lines. And yeah, and also you've probably by that stage gauged in terms of how far you can push this thing. yeah, Before they get cheesed off.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And if someone if a if a a business was, um, so there's this concept that's called escalation of commitment. Not sure if you've heard about that. But it's, I think it's a psychological Uh, psychology uh, sort of concept where probably used in sales and marketing, which is um, the more I get you involved through the process, the more interested and committed you are going to be uh, to to the end. So if someone who you know, if, if the sales process was a couple of short emails and a quick call, and then someone tells you just send it, that's very different than someone who you know has has been you know in many many meetings with you and they feel like they've explained a lot to you and then they just said okay we'll just send it because yeah. you know we have a meeting with um the board now and we need to present it yeah, for yeah.
1: If, if there's a time pressure perspective mm. on it then that's fine but Um, also if it's a, a repeat customer Mm. and they don't already know everything about you, they've done business with them before you've had good results. They might just say, look, just send it in because we trust you, Mm. right? Yeah. Not because you're just making up the numbers. That's a different reason.
0: Mm. Yep. So
1: that was number eight.
0: Yep. Number nine. Man, I'm sad. This is, we're (laughs) almost over with the
1: toss. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine is how can you create a superior pre during and post-purchase experience mm. for the customer. Okay. Right? And and the reason that I bring in customer experience is that there I, I read this um, statistic by uh, IBM and a company called Lee Resources. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they said that, uh, they actually said two things. One is that 80% of CEOs, when asked, does your organization provide a superior experience, will say, yes, we do. 80%. Right. How many of their customers agree? Probably Percentage. 20. 8%. Ooh. Right. So there's the, this huge skew towards optimism in, in the, uh, in the, in the CEO's mind that they're saying, look, we're providing a superior customer experience. And and, and the word is superior, in, mm. means better than any, than other people, right? But the customers, only 8% of customers agree because they can see the organization from the outside. They, they have the experience and they know mm. what they're getting,
2: mm. right?
1: The other one is how many customers who have a, had a negative buying experience with you mm. will actually tell you. So let's say you go into a cafe, order a cup of coffee, coffee arrives, mm. you take a sip and you go Bleh! Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Mm. How many out of a hundred people, how many people will on average tell the, the waitress or, or the waiter or the, the barista that the coffee is bad and ask them to
0: I would say the minority.
1: How many? In terms uh, of out of 100 people.
0: You're asking me really hard questions. <laughs> just take 20%. a guess. Four.
1: Okay. So four, uh, this is according to Lee Resources and IBM, mm-hmm. 4% of customers will say, look, the coffee wasn't very good. Can you make me another one or my, my money back? Mm. Right? 96% will just quietly leave the cafe, never come back, and tell all their friends not to go there because the coffee is bad
0: and maybe put some online reviews as well
1: online amplified yeah. through yep. social media absolutely but but now that puts it into perspective just how important customer experience is mm. right because the 96 percent won't tell you that mm. they had a bad experience and you won't know and you just go why is my business going bad mm.
2: right?
1: so providing a superior customer experience is hugely important especially now when when people are sensitive about all sorts of other things mm. and, and Really differentiate your business if you doesn't. Experience.
0: Customers, king and queen. Cool. Coming to Ooh,
1: number ten. Number ten, <laughs> my lucky number. Wow. Uh, and that is um, how can you turn your customers into advocates? Love it. Right? So the best business you can get is referral business, mm. right? It's already pre qualified. It's it's not advertising. It's not paid for. Mm. It's somebody who has experienced. Your, your business, your product, your service. Hence point nine, customer experience, right? But they now will give you, re- not only will they give you repeat business because they like dealing with you, they're mm. getting a good result, they're getting value for money, they, they enjoy what uh, what they're getting from you. But also they will turn into fans mm. and advocates of your business and they will tell other people to do business with you as well because they've had such a great experience. Yep. Right? So number 10 comes out of number
2: nine.
1: Mm. It says, how can you turn your customers into advocates? How can you get more repeat business from them as well as referral business?
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean customer advocacy uh is I think one of the most important. And even in marketing, when I when I talk about, you know, marketing strategy with my clients, one of the most important things I always talk about is Turning customers into loyal customers, yeah. people that will go out of their way to, you know, talk about you in different um, platforms, be it social media, um, reviews, reviews is, um, is a huge thing that a lot of people don't understand how important they are. Um, and I don't have a stat like you do, but the, the whole concept about reviews is happy people, happy customers will not go out of the way as much as upset and pissed off customers when it comes to reviews. So reviews by default will get skewed against you. So this is why providing a very important, a very good customer experience becomes instrumental because you'll then tap into something that don't often happen, which is having people going out of the way and talking in in great way about you.
1: So you, you've just said something very interesting that that you said the most uh, reviews that you see online or in in social media are actually negative, right? mm. because they're cheesed off. Mm. But the the key is they're cheesed off and they're telling everybody else, but they've not told the business, mm. right? The business doesn't know until they see the review and they say, <gasps> didn't know that. Yep. Right? So that's why it's important to monitor mm. your customers' happiness as well. Of course. Yep. So those were the 10 points in the modern sales funnel. That's actually yep. a buying funnel to, to help you buyer be drawn into a, conversa- into, into a sales conversation with you, learn to trust you, to learn that, uh, that you are the right solution yep. for them and, and to help or for you to help them to make an informed decision to buy from you. Mm. So it's, it's probably when, when, when you listen to the 10 points, you probably think it's not really rocket science, right? but how many organizations are actually looking at the sales process from the customer's perspective?
0: First of all, I think it's rocket science. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, no, I think it's great. I think it's very methodical. Every step builds on top of each other and feeds from the previous one. Um, and it takes a different important box to the entire strategy or mechanism of, Selling, and I love the whole idea of it being very, very customer-focused. Yeah. And and
1: as I said at the beginning, it works for inbound, mm. so to drawing a customer in, discovering that you exist, and drawing mm. them into um, getting them interested, and and drawing them into a conversation, as well as outbound, where you reach out to your prospect and make clear to them why they should be interested in mm. dealing
0: with you. I think we should, at one point, uh, you're in sales. You're a master of your craft. I'm in marketing. I like to think that I know what I do. So how about we look into uh, maybe at a different time, look into how we can, and I'm sure you probably already did that at some point, but interweave a lot of different and interesting marketing tactics and strategies with this funnel. Um, and you said at the start that you're more into B2B, not b2c um i'd like to also kind of because i'm 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 very into b2c um i have some background in b2b but more so b2c and I, i'd like to think because i see a lot of things that not all from this funnel that we can take into the b2c context yeah, yeah. And, so and, and 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 stack with, with on top of that the the marketing activities um be it advertising marketing technology automation content you know the whole thing and how we can come up with a very strong b2c sales model
1: well it's funny that you mentioned that because i, I actually have, have a customer um his business is b 2 b to c mm. and and they asked me to help them out with the b2c part of it mm. and i said look it's not really my expertise i don't know that mm specifically what they wanted me to do is to to deal with their um syndrome yeah so if you you look if you um take a look at the time at their website Mm. every single paragraph would would start with we do this or our organization does that or brand name does Mm. that right and and i said look you you really got to stop talking about yourself and you got to talk about your customers sure and and they said oh can you help us with that and i went Mm. oh well this is really the B to C part. Mm. I'm not really a big expert in that. And they said, "Look, just do it anyway." Right? And and they had a lot of pages <laughs> mm. on their website. Yep. And um, so I went through each one of the pages on the website, and I helped them turn the vocab around mm. from "This is how great we are" to "This is the value that we, our customers experience." Mm. And and uh, and the CEO afterwards said to me, "What what are you talking about? You're not an expert in this. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're very good really at it." So, yep. so so you're right that some aspects of the mm. the modern sales funnel can yep. be translated into B two c as well.
0: Now, which one of these books is what we just discussed?
1: Um, probably neither. Okay. Um, if if out of the two, out of the two books, one called the One Team Method, and the other one called "Marketing Sell Smarter, Not Harder." Probably the this marketing book is the more relevant one um, these these two books are actually about the principle that sales and marketing should not operate in silos yep they should uh, collaborate mm. and the key to them collaborating is not that uh, they have separate uh, metrics and KPIs mm. which creates the funnel mm. uh, sorry which creates the silo mm.
2: um,
1: but to actually have a common goal com- common focus and possibly common metrics mm. So that the collaboration happens naturally, and mm. and uh, are, are you familiar with uh, Neil Rackham? Sorry, Neil. Neil Rackham. No. Familiar with spin selling? <sighs> okay, it's pro- probably a little bit before your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um So Neil Rackham was the first person to analyze what makes a successful sales successful. Sure. And then he came up with a, with a, a sales one of the first sales methodologies mm. that were actually quite structured. Yeah. Right? And and he did that by observing successful salespeople in organizations like um, Xerox Corporation and sure. IBM uh, back in the in the seventies in the and eighties. Mm. But um, but he he postulated that um, distinctly customer centricity was was an element, and that the good salespeople were actually taking an interest in solving problems for the customer rather than just pushing the products. Yep. And he created the sales methodology to. to but, yep. And it's it's been refined over the years, but it's still. Still relevant today. Anyway, the reason I mentioned Neil Rackham is that uh, I sent him a copy of my book, and and I asked him, "What do you make of?" Because uh, I'm proposing a structured methodology to help sales and marketing teams in the same organization mm. to work together more effectively mm. towards a, a, a common outcome that is improving the customer experience and delivering a better sales result for the
2: organization. Mm.
1: And this, and he said this to me. He said that this is the only methodology I'm aware of it's actually structured and and um, size. Everybody else just says, guys, just work it out.
2: Mm. Right? Yeah.
1: So everybody says, look, this is ridiculously not talking to each other, just 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 work it out, right? Mm. But it never happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And and so I'm I'm hugely chuffed that that authority like New Beckham firstly says no one else has done this. Yeah. But also endorses this one and says this is the only methodology I'm aware of that actually makes
0: instruction. That is a great testimony um an endorsement so I'll just show one more time now if anyone is uh interested in in getting a copy how do how do they get a copy
1: so that both books are available in Amazon stores yep uh, in thirteen countries around the world
0: beautiful and um Maybe they can just uh, search. Now, how do you say your last name? <laughs> it's Peter Strachob. Strachob.
1: Yeah, and and, okay. you, and the website is com. Cool. Um, there's there's a page there just for the books. Sure. Um, or you can just um, add my name into the search uh, field at, on Amazon, and
0: mm. you
1: know, my name will come up.
0: It's not. It's not a very common name anyway. So if you even go to Google and st- search for it you'll find so
1: so i as far as i'm aware there's only two peter stroke in the world and really? the, the other one's my dad
0: oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well um on that note i would like to thank you very much for um sharing
1: can i, can I just add one thing of course me? so so for any one of your listeners who's interested in now evaluating their own sales funnel versus the customer focused one Yep. On the website at peterstroker.com forward slash sales dash acceleration. There is a a link to a checklist. Cool. That you can do in your own time for free. Nobody looking over your shoulder. You can assess for yourself in terms of how close am I to this new modern customer focused sales funnel. Sure. Where are my gaps and where I'm perhaps already doing the right things.
0: Yep. So, and how long does that take?
1: It takes maybe 10 minutes. Cool. Yeah. It asks you very succinct questions, and you answer them in mm. your own way, right? But but that's not all. The set of steak knives. <laughs> set of steak knives is that I will make myself. If you want to, I'll make myself available, or uh, in a in a half hour yep. Zoom call, yep. to go through your findings, and mm. I, I will try in the call to help you resolve one of the challenges that you have identified yourself. Mm. And I do that for, for a simple reason that. You don't know me, mm. you don't know how I work, you don't know whether there's a good fit for us to work mm. together and that gives us the opportunity to, to get to know each other and you can then decide whether you'd like to do business with me. It's kind of like a try before you buy type of yeah. exercise. Yeah. And I'm happy to do it because let's face it, there's now, thanks to the pandemic, there's thousands of um, former um, corporate executives out there calling themselves consultant and you never Mm -hmm. know what you're getting. So I'm giving you the opportunity to experience what you're getting. And then you can make an informed decision. That's right. right.
0: Cool. Well, yeah, that sounds fair enough. Um, I'm sure anyone who's watching, um, and they have a need, they'll get in touch. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Um, a lot of insights. I love the funnel and yeah, I can't can't wait to start putting it uh, into practice. By all means, let's
1: let's talk. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Great to be here.
0: Thanks, Peter.